just want to welcome everyone. My name is Anthony Teeda. Um, glad that you're here uh, joining us. Glad th- those of us who are watching us on, on, on the web, online. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Hey, God, it's, it's, this, is, this is a raffle guy. What is he doing up here? Why is the raffle guy up here? Well, um, my, again, my name is Anthony Tejeda. My wife and I, uh, I'm actually on staff here with the church. My wife and I, we serve the singles group within the church. It's about 100 of us, and uh, we have a great job doing it. And so um, we're in a series. Last week, we, we talked about a series about breathing room. And if you weren't here last week, we'll get you caught up fairly quickly. But um, breathing room, we, uh, there's kind of some quick questions about this picture here. A lot of conversations about these pictures. I heard a lot of people enjoyed the message from Chris last week, but they, a lot of people went home and cleaned out their closet for some reason. And um, that's good. That's good you cleaned out your closet, but that's, that's not what the message is about. It's not about cleaning your closet out. Um, well, uh, let's, let's get a show of hands. Let's just confess. Let's go back to the next page. How, how, let's go back one more. Who says that? Uh, let's get a show of hands. How many of us actually have a closet that looks like this at home? Okay. Let's keep your hands up. How, how many of us like it like this? Okay. When you look at this, you're like, man, this people, these people need to get, go shopping. Uh, there's like no space. Like they're going to need to fill in that space there. So, you know, unfortunately, we don't care what your closet looks like. We, we just don't want your life to look like this. You know, we, we don't want your schedule to look like this. We don't want, and we're going to talk about this next week, we don't want your finance to look like this, where there, there's no margin, there's no room for error. You know, we, we don't want your relationships to look like this. And so we're in a series, and we, we, we said last week uh, about, we're talking about breathing room. We're, we're talking about creating space, margin. And so we defined what breathing room is last week. We said breathing room is a space between our current pace and our current limits. It's a space between our current pace, how fast we're going, you know, how fast we're spending, how complex our, our relationships are. And it's also our current pace and ultimate, our ultimate limits, you know, because uh, relationally or, or financially, you know, uh, how fast we're going. You know, no matter what, in terms to our limits, you know, we need to have breathing room. Um, you know, when there's no space, when there's no limits, you know, things suffer. So we need to have breathing room. When, when, when there's no breathing room, there's more stress. When, when there's no breathing room, there, there's more anxiety. When, when there's no breathing room, you're, you're going like two or, three, two or three things. You're just hyper-focused. And sometimes you exclude the, the things that are, are actually more important. You know, when, when there's no breathing room, relationships suffer. They take a hit. You know, mom, you're always on the phone. Dad, you're always on TV. You're always watching TV. My wife told me, you know, she's told me this a couple of times. She said, she said, I feel like you're so busy that sometimes I feel like I get the leftovers. You know, your, your body's here, but your brain's not. You know, you're not listening. Because there's no breathing room. And so, you know, when it comes to your schedule, when it comes to your, 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 your finances, when it comes to your relationships, that they take a hit. And it's easy to blame a lot of things. But at the end of the day... We, we were created for breathing room. Now, the cool thing about this, 
you, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be a religious person. Uh, you don't even, or maybe you're still trying to figure that out. To, you know, there, there's actually this, this ancient book that, uh, you know, that a lot of people are afraid of called the Bible. And, and it actually speaks into this. And that's what we're going to learn about today. You know, it, it, what's, what's so incredible, when God created his first society, the, the nation of Israel, when he created his first society, because back then they, they didn't have uh, like rules or society or laws. So if, if you're Jewish, you should be loud and proud about this. Because when he created his first society and they had no rules, in the book of Exodus, when, when I grew up, I, I can only remember two things about the book of Exodus. One was um, Charlton Heston, you know, you know, delivering the people out of Egypt, you know, Moses. And, and the second thing I remember is, is the Ten Commandments. And what's so great, you know, the framework where the Ten Commandments are given, a lot of us people don't know this, but literally in one of the Ten Commandments, God commands for you to have a day off. I mean, how cool is it to have a God who, who commands you to have a day off? Literally, you, you would, you know, when the sun goes down, you would stop working for 24 hours. When the, when the sun goes down, you would put your tools down and you would go inside. From the beginning, God says, I designed you to function better when you have breathing room, when you have space to breathe. You know, so, you know, today we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk personally about your schedule and your time. And I don't know if you know this, you know, because we, we cram so much. We cram everything in when it, in our inclinations to cram everything into our time. Our, our inclinations to do everything and, and, and kind of just take nothing out. And so it's in my inclination to, to do so much. And so we're, we're going we're gonna to actually talk about this. And, and if you have trouble with your schedule, this is how you kind of know you have trouble with your schedule. If you're the type of person that's kind of like, you know, I'm going to be 15 minutes late. Or, you know, I got to leave a few minutes early. You know, I'm going to be 15 minutes late. I'm going to leave a few minutes early. Honey, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to your recital, but what time do you perform? Because, you know, I'm going to probably miss the first eight people. And then I got to leave because I don't care about the other 45. Or, hey, buddy, you know, I'm going to go to your game. But, you know, I, I, I'll show up in the second inning. At least I'll watch you bat. You know, you're going all these different directions. And you drive too fast, you eat in your car. It's like, go, 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 go. And it kind of just comes, you know, you're just kind of figuring out how do I get in the middle of anywhere? You know, you're at work and you're thinking like, what's, what's going on at home? Or, or you're at, you know, home and you're thinking about work. What do I gotta do? Maybe you're at church right now and you're thinking about work right now, you know? And so we're, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about how to solve this, you know, how, how to address this. Because there's, there's several approaches that we can do. We can, we can talk about time management seminars. And, and for some people, that's good, you know. Sometimes it doesn't work for some people. And the reason it doesn't work for some people is because, you know, in time management seminars, they're trying to sell you something. And if you, go, you can buy it if you want to. But then you realize personally, you know, personally, I'm not geared in this type of per, uh, kind of particular system of how they do things. And so you buy it and you take it home and you, you, know, you do it for a while and then you stop doing it. Or we can talk about, you know, calendaring and, or uh, pacing, 
in, in regards to time management. And, and this is why I'm so excited. I know Peter uh, is so excited about this message is because what we're going to talk about today will literally, literally, and I, I know this kind of sounds like preacher talk, but will literally change your life. And the reason it will change your life, I don't know if you know this, because it will change your time. And I don't know if you know this, your time is your life. Your schedule, it's your life. You know, the way you do things as you go by, that those things are your life. And so, you know, we're going to actually learn that this wisdom, this great pearl wisdom from none other than Moses. Uh, not Charlton Heston, but actually Moses, okay? Now, now if you're kind of having trouble along, kind of uh, having trouble kind of what you can do, you can follow along either on your phone or your Bible, or you can actually follow along just on the screen uh, behind me. But uh, Moses, a lot, a lot of times when we, uh, we're actually going to go to Psalms chapter 9, 90 actually, Psalms chapter 90. Most of us, when we think of the Psalms, we think of David. But this is actually a, a Psalms written by none other than the Moses. And, and this is why, you know, we should pay attention to Moses when it comes to time. The Bible says Moses he lived to 120 years old. And they, they, they give this random kind of tidbit about Moses. This out of nowhere, and this is why, for me, I kind of take this, the scripture seriously. Out of nowhere, it says, when Moses was 120 years old, he can still see well. I know most of us are like at 40, and we're like, it's must the, must the light, maybe I don't got enough light. The Bible says, you know, he can still see well. Just to give you, a, you know, he, was a, he lived to 120 years old. And just so you know that he can still see well. And so, now Moses, he, and this is a cool picture of Moses, but Moses, he had four kind of time periods of his life. Now, the first part of his life, uh, you know, he was, in the, he was adopted. Uh, he was actually grew up in Egypt in Pharaoh's household, and he had it made. I mean, he literally royalty, had the plasma TVs all over the place, kind of do whatever he wanted. I mean, he, he just was in living life of luxury. And he kind of just fell out of Pharaoh's household uh, because he, he murdered someone and that wasn't good and he had to flee. And so the, the, next, the next segment of his life, it, he, was, he was a shepherd. Talk about some slow, slow days. I mean, just literally just sitting there, get up in the morning and bring the sheep out and just, just stare at them. And then, you know, Bring, you know, the sun goes down, you bring the sheep in, and that's it. He said it, he did this for 40 years. He did this. I mean, he thought, you know, eventually, you know, the sheep will die, I'll die, you know, maybe I'll have some kids, some grandkids, and then that's it. And so it's, um, he didn't really know the plan that God had for him. You know, he didn't know that we we're going to be talking about him. And so the next, the third part of his life, you know, something that we, we, we all know of, you know, uh, the, the big grand finale, let my people go. You know, he's in this big arena. He's, now he's God's mouthpiece, all the plagues and the signs and wonders. All these things are happening. He's big in this huge epic center, this great huge event. And he's facing down Pharaoh, let my people go. And then the last part of his life, the fourth part of his life, now he, he's leading the nation of Israel. He's leading them out of Egypt. And, you know, he's leading them, and, and literally God knows where. I mean, literally, it was like he didn't know where he was going. 
And, and, and so the people start kind of murmuring and, and complaining. And then God gets upset and he's like, you know, they're not gonna go. We'll have to wait till they all die. So what you're gonna do, you're gonna lead them in circles for 40 years. And so finally at the end of his life, he, he literally, he gets to the promised land. He literally gets to the edge of it. And God says, you can't go in. He's like, whoa, 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 I'm Moses. God says, sorry, you can't go in. He says, you can look at it. Your eyesight's good, you know, you can see it. But I'm sorry, you can't go in. And so Moses, this guy right here, he has some perspective when it comes about time. And so that's why we're going to look in Psalms chapter 90. And I'm telling you, this is the context of everything, every vision that relates to time. Now, it, it, you don't have to be a Christian to believe in this. You don't even have to be a religious person to believe. You don't even have to believe that Moses was a historical person to actually believe in this. And my, and my hope today is, is by reading this that you would read the Bible more. You should read the Bible more. You know, it's fascinating. And just let me tell you something, you know, some of you who are here um, who don't read the Bible, you should read it. Some of you might like, well, well, I don't believe it's true. Okay, well, read it. Well, well, I, I just don't believe it. Well, what do you read that, you know, what do you believe that's true until you read it, right? So I just encourage you just, just to read it so that you can see it's true. If you, don't, if you don't read it because you don't believe it's true and never read it, you know, that's crazy. Just read it and you'll see it's true. Hopefully you'll see it. You don't have to believe it. Uh, and it's amazing. We're going to see in this Old Testament stuff, just kind of this insight about time. And so I hope at the end of the day that you, you'll have a sense of awe, a sense of just kind of like, wow. And so let's get to it. It's, uh, it here we go. It says right here in Psalms chapter 90, verse 1, he says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. He says, through all those generations of what we've lived, You've been with us. You've been our dwelling place. He, he continues, says, before the mountains were born. Imagine that imagery right there. He says, you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. And so this is a way of Moses saying, you know, from all these arrows of different directions, from everlasting to everlasting, kind of where everything meets in the middle or, you know, where the book ends. Like, here I am. Here's Moses. He says, from everlasting to everlasting. Here's us, like the nation of Israel. From everlasting, everlasting. Like, pauses, like, here we are. And then he says his comment. I love it. He, he says, he says, you turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. This is like the greatest, like, Gandalf statement ever, you know, from Lord of the Rings. You shall not pass. Return to dust, you mortals. You know, and this might be offensive for some people. And this was a modern way of thinking. This wasn't offensive to Moses at all. You know, it's a way of him saying that you kind of put input into the days of our lives. You kind of control the way our days, our lives are. You know, I know just looking at it, man, okay, you turn people to dust. That kind of makes me struggle. What does that mean, God? Do you, do you kill people or anything like that? Like, I don't know. Or, or do, you, do you decide how we live or do you know how we live? Like, I, I, I don't know. But what the important thing is to see is that, you know, either most of us, either we recognize it or not, or, or if we can explain our, or not, maybe some of us can explain it. 
But most of us believe that God, in some way, and somehow he, he has something to do with our length of time. And, and I'll prove it to you. If tomorrow you found out you had a terminal disease, would you pray? If tomorrow you found out somebody you loved had a terminal disease, would you pray? You know, there's something in us. I, don't, I can't explain it. There's something in us that would lift our eyes up and say, God, maybe that's the only thing that you pray. Maybe you haven't even prayed for a long time. Maybe it's something you learned from a childhood or something you've learned way back then or even learned now. But there's something in you, and again, I can't explain it, that that, that feels like, hey, God has something to do with our lives. He continues. He he says, a thousand years in, in your sight are like a day just gone by. And like I watched, like literally like three hours, a thousand days, it's like three hours in the night. He, he, says, God, he says, God, you know how I'm saying like, wow, the time just flies by so quickly. You know, how, how does it fly by for you, God? You know, for me, you know, it's like, go, go. One year goes by, one year goes by. It's 10 years now. For you, it's just like a thousand years. It's like three hours. You know, it, it, how life is so important. It's such a big deal for me. In your context, God, gosh, I guess in your context, like with my life, like it's just like a second. It's like, you know, how does it mean when a thousand years is like three hours to you, God? He keeps on going. He, he says, yet, yet you sweep people away into the sleep of death. It's as they are, he's talking about, you know, us. He says, they are like the new grass in the morning. I think about that, you know, the new grass in the morning, you know, like a little baby being born. Oh, she's so cute. Oh, she's so cute. A a new grass, you know, their whole life is ahead of them. He says, in the morning, it springs up new. Like, oh, that little baby. But yet, but by evening, it dries and withers and dies. He says, I guess from your perspective, you know, God, you know, our entire lives, you know, that we get so jacked up about, so so caught up about, I I guess from your perspective, God, it's like grass in the morning. It literally springs up in the morning and then withers by late afternoon. I mean, isn't this exciting and motivated, right? Aren't you glad you came to church? Get to hear the new guy preach, right? (laughs) He continues, he says, he says, our days may come to 70, 80 years, if our strength endures. Yet the best of them, the best of our years, the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. Think about Moses' life, 40 years, different phases of his life. He says, for they, he's talking about, you know, the years, he says, for they quickly pass and we, we fly away. And here's the point. He says that that time, that life, it, it quickly passes away. He continues, and he says, if we knew, and this is kind of, I'm, I'm going to kind of explain this in, in a bit, but he says, if we knew, if we can understand, if we can comprehend, if we knew the power of your anger, 
Like, ooh, we, we don't want that. his anger, your wrath. We don't, like, we don't like that word. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. And this, this sentence right here, it's kind of, it's like kind of poorly constructed because it has like three different meanings to it. And I'm going to kind of explain it. What this means, kind of here's the idea here. It says, if we can see God as he is, we would give him the reverence he is due. It, it, Moses is saying that, you know, God, you're everlasting to everlasting. And I'm just like, beep, I'm just like this, this grass here today, God tomorrow. And he says, my life is boom, 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 boom. It's going so fast. And, and, and I'm just a fraction of a second. And because of you, because, of you, because a thousand years is like three hours. And, and then he just kind of paused and he kind of gets into this grand, you know, kind of ex- explanation like, wow, if we can just see how God is, then, then we would give him the reverence that is due. Because I only have a tiny, tiny, tiny slice of time just to do something. And, he, and, and wouldn't it be the rational, the logical thing to do is to, to kind of just have the correct thing to, just to understand that I'm a blip of existence just to give God the glory? Here's another way of reading it says, if we can see God as he is, we would be more careful with the time we have been allotted. If we see God, God who he is, and realize that he has given us time, then, then we would probably kind of rethink what we do, you know, with this gift of, 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 of limit time. You know, wouldn't we? And so we, we don't think like this. We don't. So we, we kind of need Moses to kind of push us to kind of look, look at the context of our lives because the context of my life is my life. And Moses is like, no, no, no. The context of life is everlasting to everlasting. It's pretty intense. I mean, and, and it's good just to sometimes just to pause and kind of contemplate this is the brevity of life. Contemplate the brevity of life, to, to, to contemplate the fact that our, our, our life, it's limited. And if we contemplate the fact that our life is limited, that it will literally, it will indirectly and eventually directly, you know, uh, make an impact in what we do with our time. If, if, we, if we don't, you know, we're just going to, that time just fly by. So here's the application of what Moses is talking about. Here's the application. Look what he says. He says, teach us to number our days. Teach us, because naturally, you know, we need to learn. He says, teach us. And this, this is another way you can, you can say, teach us to live as if our days are numbered. Teach us to live as if our days are numbered. The other day, you know, I was driving with my wife and we were talking about this and we're like, wow, you know, we, we think sometimes that we're going to be together forever. You know, I'm going to have this job forever. You know, I'm going to have my parents forever. And sometimes we think that, you know, we can spend our whole life as if like we have unlimited time and we don't. I mean, we know we don't, but in terms of our schedule in terms of our priority in terms of uh, the way that we cram things in, we, we live as if our days are not numbered. 
And so it takes Moses to kind of say, no, 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 it's a mistake. You need to learn to, to number your days. You need to, to understand that, you know, your, your, your life, live as if your days are numbered. Now, you've done this before in your life. If you ever studied for an exam before, you've done this before. You, you, literally, you, you were told, hey, this is when the exam's going to be. So you knew exactly when it's going to happen, and you, you knew that you had to study for it, that literally there was a deadline. And, and you lived as if, you know, your days were numbered because you knew if, 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 if you didn't finish it, you, you would miss out on the opportunity. Or if you've ever done, like, a presentation before, you know, you knew that there was a deadline, and you know that, hey, my days are numbered. Like, I basically, I have to live as if my day, days are numbered because this is when I have to do this presentation. Because if, 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 if I don't live as if it's, um, like, if I don't understand the deadline and I'm not prepared for it, then something bad's going to happen. And so it's kind of Moses saying to live in this way. I mean, this is not depressing. This is reality, everyone. This is not depressing. And so, you know, it, it, this can actually help us out. And he, and he, say, he goes on, he says this, teach us to number our days so that, and here's, here's, the, here's the big thing right here, it says, so that we may gain a heart, a wisdom. Amen. Live as if our days are numbered. So we may gain, ready? We may gain wisdom. You know, as far as it's to your priorities, what you put in, what you put out, because if you don't live as if your days are not numbered, you will continue to fill your days in with so much stuff. And you will realize at the end of your day, hey, I just filled my life with this, all this stuff. I didn't live my, as if my days were not numbered. And so when you begin to live as if your days are numbered, immediately, immediately, it says that you're going to gain wisdom. You're, you're going to gain some perspective about life. You're going to like say, wait a minute, you know, I'm spending my, two, my, my time doing this. I should be spending my time doing that. I, I should be spending my time doing that. Why, why am I doing this? If you go back, here's kind of a, a summary of what Moses is talking about. He says, remembering our time is limited provides us with wisdom to know to how to spend our limited time. You know, remembering our time is limited provides us the wisdom to know how to spend our limited time. It's like money, you know, when it comes to money, you know, my, my, my money's limited, so I need to know how I need to spend my money, right? You know, when it comes to time, we forget this. Now I'm gonna do you a huge favor. And I know you're thinking like, how long is this gonna take? I know we're talking about time here, you know? So I'm almost done, I'm almost done. Like you're repeating yourself, okay. You know, I'm going to do you a huge favor um, because, you know, I'm going to fast forward your life to the very end. And so um, I'm going to help you gain some wisdom. Uh, Hopefully this uh, will help you gain some wisdom. Bonnie Ware, this lady, Bonnie Ware, she's an Australian nurse. And she spends most of her time, literally most of her time, with men and women 12 weeks before they die. And she's, she's in hospice. And, and for many years, she's, she's been spending time with these people. 
and, and, and for 12 weeks till they live to all the way to literally to the end of their life. And, 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 and you know, through these times, she, she finally, she, she, she began to ask the, these individuals some questions. And it's in her article, and I encourage you to even, even check her up. There's, there's this whole article about her. But, you know, she, she, at the end, she, she starts asking these patients some questions. You know, think about what the questions were. Do you have any regrets? That's what she asks them. What, what, what are your regrets? And she begins, you can imagine there was a certain pattern that starts happening. And she starts to begin writing these down. And these were literally 12, like 12 weeks or literally some, some, some days, hours before people, their life was over. And so I'm going to share with you the top two regrets. I'm going to actually start with the second one and then we'll, we'll, we'll end with the first one. So this is the second one right here. And, and she says, number two, and this is something we're all familiar with. I wish I had not worked so hard. It's nothing new. I think we've heard that before. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And then she, this is literally some insight, a statement that she says. She says, this came from every male patient that I nursed. Every single male patient that I nursed said, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Said they missed their children's youth and their parents and their partner's companionship. She goes on, she says, women also spoke of this regret, but as most were from an older generation, many of the female patients had more been bread, uh, hadn't been, had not been breadwinners. She goes on and she says, all of the men that I nursed deeply regretted spending so much of their lives on the treadmill of a work existence. So there you have it. You can thank me later about this. You know, what, what, what does this mean, men and women, but mainly men? What does this mean? It means if you don't learn to, to number your days, you, you will miss out on your time, your life. And, and you will have an unavoidable regret. If you don't think that, hey, my, my times are numbered. You know, we think we have all the times of the world to spend with our family, our kids, you know, all this time of the world. And, and the reality is you, you just can't go back. You're only 20 once. You're, you're only 30 once. You're only 40 a couple times, right? <laughs> you're only 50 indefinitely. You know, you're only 20, you're only 30. You, you can't go back. You, you can't undo. And this is why it's so important because she says these, these men and women, they, they came to the end of their days and they were, they were literally confronted with this wisdom. The, the, the second, or actually the first one, and, and before I read this, this is, if, if you're a teenager or if you're a high, uh, high school student or if, if you're a college student, you know, I know a lot of them are at teen camp. You know, I need you to tune back in, Okay. I know you're tuned out a little bit. Now you need to tune back in. This is huge, what she says. This, is not, this is came out of nowhere. I was like astonished. This is the, the number one regret she says. She says, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life 
others expected of me. I mean, that was a huge bump. I was like, whoa. I, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not what others, what other cultures expected from me. I mean, this was staggering. She goes on, this is her, her comment. She says, this was the most common regret of them all. When people realize their life is almost over and look back clearly on it. She goes on, she says, it is easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. Many people had not honored even a half of their dreams and had to die knowing that it was due to choices they had made or not made. This, this right here is powerful. She says, health brings freedom. Very few realize until they no longer have it. That's intense. She says, health brings freedom. Very, very few realize until they no longer have it. That's intense. Now, now you guys have wisdom. Wisdom, uh, uh, you know, with, when it comes to living as if your days are numbered. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about when it comes to your schedule? What are you going to do about when it, when it comes to your pace and your limits are so much and when you're trying to cram everything in? God, teach us so that we can gain wisdom. Help us understand so that we can gain wisdom. You know, because my time is limited. So I, because I need to limit my time. My time, my time is limited. So I need to limit my time. And I know the pushback. I, I get it. I understand. It's not because I'm up here speaking about it. I get it. Some of us are thinking, well, Anthony, if, if, if I don't do as much as I possibly can, I won't make it. But what's it? I don't know. I just won't make it. Well, what, what's it? You know what Bonnie's patience would tell you? You better know what the right it is if you're going to choose it. What's it? Because you can spend your whole uh, your life just trying to figure out what it is. And sometimes, let's just be honest, sometimes we don't even know what it is. I won't make it. Well, what's it? You know, I, I tell you where this word it sometimes comes from. It Maybe it came from our parents. You know, maybe our parents were successful and we feel like, hey, I have to, I have to succeed that. Or maybe our parents were failures and you're like, man, I, I don't want to be like them. Or maybe they meet in the middle and they're this boring and you know, with parents, you just can't win, you know? And, and, you know, but somewhere along the way, you decided what it is and you started working for it. You know, I understand. He says, if I don't decide to do as much as I possibly can, you want to flip the next slide? I will fall behind. Fall behind who? Fall behind What? You know, this, this is where we've bought into the culture, into this right here. This, this, for some of us, this is drives our schedule. For some of us, you know, I just don't want my kids to fall behind. I just don't want us to fall behind. I just don't want to fall behind. Fall behind who? Fall behind what? You know, you better have an answer to that question. 
If this is gonna drive your schedule, teach us to number our days so that we can gain wisdom. If I don't do as much as I possibly can, I'll be poor. And this, for some of us, not a lot of us, but some of us, this, this, this one is a big deal. But have you ever stopped just to even define what, what poor is? Because there's this lurking thing, there's this huge thing that kind of hangs over us. And either it's in our mind or echoes in our mind or it's something that we've been brought up with. And, and we've seen it, and, you know, we don't sometimes know where it comes from. But, and we worry about, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be poor. Have you really, really thought this through? This, this is an emotion that drives you. God, teach us to, to number our days so that we can gain wisdom. If, if I don't do as much as I possibly can, I won't be accepted. Accepted by who? You know, for some of our you know, teenagers and our college students, this, this drives you. And this... Look, you know, I just want to say for you guys, you know, this, what's so important for some people out there in your school or the people you hang out with, you're not going to even know them in 10 years. You're not going to even know them in five years. You won't even have their cell phone number. You'll probably have a different cell phone than itself. But, but these people right here, you're not going to even know in 10 years, these people right here, what will help you waste your life. They will rob your life from you. And, and they will rob the most important thing from you. And the most important thing for you is ultimately your time. Because you're gonna understand that your time is your greatest asset, it's your life. Next thing is, if I don't do as, I, as much as I possibly can, I won't measure up. Measure up to who? Measure up to what? You know, we think that, wow, you know, I have to do all these things just to be someone. You know, but at the end of the day, if this thing drives you, you're not going to understand how to number your days. God, teach us. Teach us to number our days so that we can gain wisdom. You know, um, today, you should have got something like this. And we're gonna show it on the screen right now. Uh, this, this is some homework I wanted you guys to do. And, and when you go home, uh, or even you can fill it out now, um, I'll encourage you to spend some time, maybe if you're married, or, or just a friend, a close friend, or, you know, if kids, Talk about with maybe with your parents and parents, I encourage you to talk about this with your kid. Because what, what, what do I want you to do is fill out some of these things right here. And, and some of this will be like, okay, this is what I gotta write down. But what do I need to add in my life that's not there? Maybe some of you might have to put family. You might have to put God. Right here, put, you know, what are some of the things that I need to subtract from my life? You know, you know what do I need to add from my life? What do I need to subtract from my life? What do I need to remove completely? And this one right here, this one right here, this one's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. For some of you, th- this might be a name. 
This might be initials. If I can be so bold, for some of you, there, there's, there's someone in your life that has literally taken away your life. And, and, and your friends have told you, and, and your mom's told you, and your dad's told you, and you've pushed back, and you've argued about it. And you're like, no, no, this person's a good person. They may be a good person, but this person is literally stealing your life from you. And there's nothing to gain from it. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't even mean God doesn't love them. But maybe for some, some of you, you, you need to put a name there. And right here, I want you guys to maybe some of the things that you maybe need to add a little bit. Things that you maybe need to step up in a little bit to do. And then right here, I want you to write down maybe some things I just need to do less of. Not, not remove completely, but just do less of. Maybe for some of you, maybe it's watching TV. Maybe for some of you, it's playing golf. Uh, I don't play golf, so I just pick on the golf guys. You know? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's fishing. Fernando. <laughs> you know? I, I, this right here, this is a life changer. And why? Because it's a time changer. And that's the most important thing for your life. And so, you know, I want to encourage you, you know, to fill this out. If, if you're, you're part of our, our church and you have a community group or, you know, a small group, maybe get with your guys in the group and have some accountability time. It's not an exam or anything like this. Just talk, hey, you know, this is what I need to add. This, this is what I got to move completely in my life. This is some of the things I got to turn it up. This is some of the things I'm, you know, I really want to take away. That, you know, but one of the things I want you to just to understand is like, you know, God, teach us to number our days so that we can gain a heart of wisdom, so, so that we, a wisdom that we don't have, a, a, a wisdom that most people will never get. Please help us to, to gain a heart of wisdom because my time is limited, I mean, which means I have limited time. My, my, my time, my, my time's limited, which means... I have limited time. And if you allow this big, broad, God-sized perspective to trickle down into your life, into your schedule, into your time, this will change your life. And you know how I know it's going to change your life? It's because it says, teach me so I can gain wisdom. So I can gain wisdom. Number my days so I can gain wisdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for the life that we have, the time that we have for this wisdom of Moses, God. Please help us have a heart of wisdom. Teach us, Lord, so that we can number our days, so we can number our schedule, our priorities, our life, Lord. Help us see you through our time, through our life, to, to live as if our days are numbered. We're grateful for you for every aspect of our life. In your son's name I pray, amen.